have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. What? If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor. What difference at this point does it make? If you're looking to make sense out of what's going on in the world today, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Southern Sense Talk Radio with your host, Annie, the Radio Chicky Bellis, and featuring Curtis C.S. Bennett and the most interesting guests that you'll find anywhere on Internet radio. And you can join the show and let your voice be heard by dialing 917-889-3675. So sit back, relax, and remember, Southern Sense is Common Sense. All right, and welcome back to another adventure here on Southern Sentient. Never know. Uh, Curtis, do you hear only one voice in me or two voices in me? I hear one. Okay, I got my headset screwing up again. Uh, this is going to be one of those days. Okay, we're just going to try to do this the best we can. <laughs> I don't know what has changed in this, and something has, and I'm getting a feedback. Mm. That's not fair. That's not good. And I guess it's pronounced. <laughs> pronounced feedback. All right, we're going to try this some uh, other way. Holy moly, Curtis. We never know what's going to be going on with this thing. All right. All right, can you hear me now? Yep. Sure can. Uh, okay, okay, you got, you got me, me now, Curtis? Curtis? Now I hear a couple, like an echo chamber. I'm not, I'm not hearing anything here. here. Still echo chamber. Oh, we're, oh, we're starting this off really, really too great time. Curtis, Curtis, take, take over, over for now, now because right, right now, now I've got to figure out what's going on here. So bear with, with me, okay? okay? All right. Welcome to Southern Sense Block Talk Conservative Radio. Um, if you've been keeping up with the news, you know that um, that judge that don't like Trump has threatened to um, put him in jail 
for defying the gag order she put on him. Um, I, I would say that that was to be expected. It's, <laughs> you can't shackle Trump. You can't shackle a guy like that. Um, I don't know what that was, but Trump is a, a a guy who speaks his mind, as we know, and um, as the rest of us know, um, he's being done injustice here. And I think he he feels as though you know this is a great opportunity to to show not on, only the United States but the world you know how much of what's going on is is what you will find in a banana republic, you know, kangaroo court, as they used to call them. And um, I think he's just bringing this out more and more by being defiant. And it's something we need to see. It's something that we need to understand because a lot of people don't. Um, of course, this, this kind of stuff is being shielded from um, those who follow left-wing media. They have no clue of uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Um, they don't get the news that some of us get uh, on the right. But, um, I mean, every everything I see or listen to that's left-wing media bias, it's exactly that bias. Um, they they portray Trump as though he's a, he's a bad guy and uh, he's the worst president and, and can't be trusted and and this and that and the other. Um, tax evader doesn't pay those taxes and uh, inflates his um, estate value. But we know yes. that's not true. Curtis, can you hear me now? Are you back? Yep, I can hear you. And I'm still getting a delay on this. I can't believe Uh-oh. this thing. Now, I don't know yeah, what's going on here. Not, yeah, I don't either. But I was just going to finish, wrap this up by saying whether or not um, this judge is going to put put handcuffs on Trump, that's to be seen. But I, I think he's tempting them or calling their bluff. You got it, Amy. Keep on going, Curtis, please. Okay. Another thing in the news is recently, um, as our side, again, are usually more knowledgeable of, there was another insurrection at the Capitol the other day. And I'm not really hearing anything, you know, um, in the in the, the same vein as as you heard for the January sixth um, so called insurrection, um, this is being played down. What happened the other day as nothing more than just um, some some passionate <laughs> patriots. Wow, to call them patriots, but some passionate patriots who want to express their outrage um, about you know what's going on over in the Middle East and. And whatnot, but um, it's a lot more than well, that. Well, let's see. And I think I solved the problem, one. Curtis. No, I didn't. There it goes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but but anyway, we'll see um, if we can make an, enough noise on our side to um, to get the news people to um, do their jobs and and be fair. You know. It, it, Freedom of the press is 
not supposed to be um, the press having the freedom to choose sides. They are supposed to be fair and balanced. And actually, they were meant um, to protect the American citizen from the government. But as we know, over the years, decades, and, and so forth, they have become uh, a part of the establishment. They like to go to the socials and the balls, and and they consider themselves elite as well. So, unfortunately, we we don't have uh, we don't have a media that's going to report uh, what's fair and what's truthful. And you couldn't have no better example of that than the 2020 election. <clears throat> Actually, going back to 2016. Uh, when they came out with this uh, <clears throat> thing about Trump, this dossier, just lies, lies, lies. <clears throat> but as we as we move on, I I don't put a whole lot into polls, but I mean, you, some polls you just can't you know ignore. And Trump seems to be doing. You quite have well. reached eight. Four, three, five, two, four, zero, four. Trump seems to be going quite well uh, against Biden, and he's smothering his um, GOP uh, rivals. I mean, the closest is like, I think, 14% or something like that, Ron DeSantis, and um, followed by Nikki Haley. But Trump is like about 60, 61%. And, and, I mean, you can't ignore that. I mean, if it was within the margin error, you know, then you could say, you know, I really, you know, we'll wait until, you know, we see what happens. But when you have that large of a lead, it's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the nominee for the 2024 presidential election. As far as Biden, he beats them. He beats Biden today, if it was hell. You back, Annie? I'm hoping, I'm so. hoping so. And I I'm, 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 I'm hearing you coming, coming on your end. end. You have a speaker, have a speaker open? open? You going through like your speaker? Just talking through my headset. Because I'm hearing you coming from your end. end. Hmm. Um. Can you take over and I'll switch headsets? Uh, okay. 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 See if that makes a difference. All right. <laughs> well, folks, well, this is live. live. And if and people can take the I'm still going to be back in mind. This is going to be one heck of a show. show. All right. We're going to be going with what we're going back going, and I don't know what else to say. I don't know what to do. do. All right, folks, I'm just going to be trying to do this the best I can, and hopefully I'm not going to have too much of annoyance and just try to ignore it in my hearing. I just try to put it down, and maybe I can still hear my guest beyond my own voice. Anyway, you're here listening to Southern Sense to a really screwed up start to the, uh, to the show. Uh, but 
Those that listen to the show know we start each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today's dedication is going to be going out to Police Officer Jake Wallen of the Fargo Police Department of North Dakota. His end of watch was Friday, July 14th of this year. And this is from the New York Post, and it reads, Fargo Police Officer Jake Whalen was remembered as a brave young man at his field service in North Dakota. Jake Whalen was once a small boy who sought comfort in the arms of family, terrified of fireworks that lit up the sky. The Fargo Police Officer was remembered for growing up to be a military veteran and a dedicated officer whose final act of valor was staring down the face of a man intent on bloodshed. Wallen, 23, was killed on Friday, July 14th, when a man armed with 1,800 rounds of ammunition, multiple guns, and explosives ambushed officers responding to a routine traffic crash. Two other officers and a civilian were wounded before a fourth officer returned fire, killing the gunman, Mohammed Barakat. Police said the actions of the fourth officer likely spared the city a bigger, bloodier attack. Whalen, who had been sworn in as a Fargo police officer in April, was still in field training and was cremated in his uniform. The Fargo Police Department escorted his remains to Peacock Lakes, Minnesota, for his funeral service, which was attended by loved ones, dignitaries, and law enforcement agencies from across the country. The police procession of 10 squad cars and three buses carrying department employees left Fargo early for Peacoat Lakes. Dozens of people were at the memorial honoring Wallen at the site of the shooting as the procession went past, KFGO reported. Wallen previously served in the Minnesota Army National Guard and was deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq from November of 2020 to July of 2021, according to a spokesman for the Minnesota National Guard. He received final military honors at a private interment. He served his country, came back here, and wanted nothing more but to serve in a position with purpose and meaning, his exact words, and that he did. Fargo Police Chief David Zablotsky had said at a media briefing after the shooting. Zablowski recounted Wallen's impressive quality as a candidate in his officer interview last fall and how he excelled in the police academy and strived for a job with meaning and purpose. The chief shared that body camera footage of the shooting showed Wallen hurried to create distance intuitively after his fellow officers were hit, pulled his gun out, and was taking aim at the gunman when he was fatally struck. His final act of valor was so selflessly faced with to selflessly face the shooter and attempt to neutralize him to save others, Zablowski said. His actions were valorous and exemplify the highest standards of the police profession. Aunt Jody Whalen recounted her nephew as a little boy I adored, who grew into the young man I admired and was oh so proud of. Wellen had recently purchased a house for himself and his fiancée and was so proud of becoming a new homeowner that he ran out and bought himself a lawnmower 
and mowed his new lawn, his aunt said. I remember him as a small boy with his little arms wrapped so tightly around my neck, burying his face into me to try to avoid the fireworks that he hated so much at that age, she said. From that timid small boy, he grew to be a driven, ambitious, and brave young man. Chaplain Jordan Hemling, who served with Wallen in Iraq, recalled his dedication as a soldier and his positive personality amid a changing mission as well as restriction of the coronavirus pandemic. Jack Jake could see the big picture in life, and he realized that it took long, disciplined, steady efforts to get you to the top of the mountain, Helming said. Walling's parents received two Fargo Police Awards and the Minnesota Distinguished Service Medal in honor of their son at the service. Law enforcement agencies from other states attended Wallen's funeral. A caravan, including Sioux Falls Police and South Dakota Highway Patrol, left Sioux Falls, South Dakota on Friday to make the five-and-a-half-hour trip for the funeral, KELO-TV reported. Dignitaries at the funeral service included Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz and U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar. A public memorial was planned in Fargo, in North Dakota. Governor Doug Burgum attended and gave remarks. North Dakota Attorney General Drew Wrigley provided more details about the attack, which also wounded officers Andrew Dotis and Tyler Hughes and bystander Carly Coswick, who had been involved in the crash. Barakat was a Syrian national who came to the U.S. on an asylum visa request in 2012 and became a U.S. citizen in 2019, Wrigley said. Over the past five years, he had searched the Internet for terms including kill fast, explosive ammo, incendiary rounds, and mass shooting events, Wrigley said. Perhaps the most chilling search was for area events where there are crowds, which on July 13th brought up a news article with the headline, Thousands Enjoy First Day of Downtown Fargo Street Fair. On the day of the attack, the downtown fair was in its second day and was less than three miles from the crash scene. Barraquette also searched for information on the Red River Valley Fair, which was a six-mile drive from the scene, the Attorney General said. Wrigley said Barraquette had an obvious motive to kill and was driven by hate, but it was not directed towards any particular group, including the police. Evidence suggests instead that Barraquette came upon the crash by happenstance, and his ensuing ambush was a diversion from his much bigger intended target, Wrigley said. Today's show is dedicated to police officer Jake Whalen of the Fargo Police Department is also dedicated to all the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, be they law enforcement, firefighters, or emergency services. It's also dedicated to all the brave men and women that serve in our military from the birth of this nation through today and into our glorious future. And we dedicate to all of them this song by Tiffany, Soul of the Nation.
All right, and we're back. You're here listening to Southern Sense live on Blog Talk Radio, SH Media, Lone Star. Oh, I got the voice back in my head again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and everything was working so fine. Uh, was anyone able to hear the dedication? Mike talking? Because I I heard the dedication, you know, your your rendition. But I didn't hear the first part of the music until like the last two or three minutes of the song. So. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, we're going to try one more thing to correct one more thing. And let's see if this does it. All right. Can you still hear me now? Oh, yeah. I'm still getting myself in the ear, but now it's not as loud and as annoying. So we'll just have to uh, work through this. Wing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to wing it as best as I can. (laughs) But uh, Mark (laughs) just sent me a a message saying that he has to leave early. He has to get off at 3.15. So we're going to start with him. And... And you know what? When it comes to our, our guest... Tomei, I'm going to let you lead the interview. Uh, okay, how's that sound, Curtis? Oh, great, great. <clears throat> Tommy would like that. You up for it? No, good. Good, because right now i got to figure out what is going on here. And uh, I am getting a new computer uh, this coming week, and hopefully we'll have all this lined <clears throat> out. I have a funny feeling the computer I got right now has uh, the or the um, graphic card or the audio card or something's going bad in there, and I got a funny feeling that's what I problem. Now you you have a couple of her songs queued queued up, right? 
Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, and I will jump in and tell you which one I want to play. I'll also send you a message uh, to the chat room. All right. That will work. All right. Um, while we're waiting for, uh, I'm just trying to see if I can. Mark Tapps got to call in. I had something else here. And I'm going to play one of the Ron Edward reports that just got sent over to me. And this is one of his news findings. Okay, we got silence. So I'll just talk if that's fine. All right. It looks like looks like we still have audio problems here and I don't understand what's going on here. All right. Ah. Well, I don't know if we're gonna be able to play our songs now. That sucks. I don't know what to do here. I am honestly at a complete loss. Well, there's one other thing I can try to do, Chris, to see if I can upload them onto BTR and just use it from there. The only other thing I can think of. Okay. All right. As we, as most of us may know by now that um, um, there was another vote today for House Speaker, and Tim Jordan came up 21 votes shy, and um, but he's determined to stay in the fight. He says he plans to win this race. I'm not sure what's going on up there, but you know, it, it, it kind of it's it's reminiscent to me of um, when they elect a new pope. You, you have people that are standing around outside waiting to see either black smoke or white smoke come out of a chimney pipe, and it could take it could take a while, but um, the smoke that we're seeing up in D.C. is is <laughs> it's it's confusing because why should it take this long to um stand behind one person? I mean, Tim Jordan has a good record. He's well known. Um he's he's been around a while. So, I mean I know there's still some people who are McCarthy supporters and they have a beef with, you know, some of the other people that Tim Jordan might be in good graces with, um, but 
that should not come before the country. Um, All right, Curtis, we do we have uh, Mark Tapscott in. Let's let's get Mark Tapscott in. Oh, Keto, I'll take care of that. All right, that'd be great. Um, I have to explain, Mark. I'm having problems with the audio on my end. I get my own voice back in my ear, and it's driving me crazy. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I just tried to call in on the other number, and it wouldn't go through. So, I don't know. Maybe the Chinese don't want to have you on the air today. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Curtis was just talking about uh, Jim Jordan losing the third round, but you wrote an excellent article explaining why our founding fathers think this is a good thing that's going on. You want to explain that, Mark? Well, that article was written um, multiple days before today, and uh, I have to say I'm not sure what the founders would say if they if they saw what just happened in the last, I don't know, half an hour. The House Republican Conference met yet again and decided to – take Jim Jordan off as their speaker nominee. And that just that throws everything back wide open. Uh, they're going to take the weekend, and they will meet again on Monday evening and presumably nominate either renominate Jim Jordan, renominate Steve Scalise, I don't know, even maybe renominate Kevin McCarthy. Or nominate somebody entirely new, Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma, for example, um, and then have a vote on Tuesday. Um, I have to say, I've been in Washington D.C. Uh, involved in in politics and journalism since 1976, and I have never seen a day like today. That we have not. So, is there any name out there? Because I heard them cheering for Hakeem Jeffries. Well, that that was Democrats in the House chamber, and um, you know they they do that, I assume, because um, you know it, they think it gives the appearance of some kind of momentum. But the fact is, unless there are some Republicans who are willing to vote to give Hakeem Jeffries control of the House, and I I, I just cannot believe that that would be the case. Um, Jeffries does not have any chance to be the speaker uh, as long as the Democrats have the minority. So um, that's that's mostly, I think, just um, uh, drama for the uh, benefit of TV viewers. Well, it's very frustrating, but the work in the House does not actually stop. It's no. just that he can't schedule it and he can't dictate what comes to the floor, right? Well, the, when McCarthy was ousted, uh, Patrick McHenry, who is a Republican congressman from uh, North Carolina, he's chairman of the House Financial Services Committee. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice again today, Annie. Um he has, as Speaker Pro Tem, he basically has only the power to call the House into session for the purpose of having an election for the Speaker 
If they don't elect one, then he has the power to put the House back into recess pending uh, another vote. But there, there has been talk for a couple of days now among some, not very many of the Republicans in the conference, about perhaps changing his job description and his authorities to include being able to call up legislation so that they can actually move legislation through the House. Uh, pending anything else they may do on the speaker issue. Um, that, frankly, that strikes me as common sense, but common sense left Washington a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do that. Well, Curtis, go ahead. What I wanted to ask, Mark, is this: Is this a case of this? Um, establishment part of the Republican House going against the, you know, the the Trump MAGA group. I'm trying to figure out the dynamics of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of suggestions of that. And frankly, I, I think it has more to do with eternal <clears throat> um, personality politics in the Republican yeah. conference because... Uh, the reason I say that is uh, during the conference where Scalise was nominated, after he was nominated, um, five of the guys who are really enthusiastic Jordan supporters um, stood up and said, look, you can nominate Scalise, but we're not going to vote for him under any circumstances which, given the numbers, that was another way of saying there's no way Scalise is going to be elected speaker. And Jordan was, of course, present in that meeting, in that conference meeting, and did not speak up one way or the other in response to that. And from what I've been told, there are seven or eight members of the conference that really took personal umbrage at that. And I think that's that's the reason those guys... um, they either keep voting for the police or one of the other people that have been nominated um, simply out of, um, you know, anger that, um, that that incident happened and Jordan didn't say anything about it. I, I think, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I hear, and, I think, and it makes sense to me. There's also some, some other folks that uh, Jordan has, um, you know, he, he says what he thinks and he doesn't... Uh, hold back his opinions about things and that's that's offended a few Republicans along the way. So <laughs> so there's so, that. But I, wow. I have also heard Curtis I Curtis I've also been told that uh yesterday especially um there were a number of K Street lobbyist types um lobbying against Jordan. And I I'm not I'm not absolutely certain if that's the case, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the case. Now, as far as um, anybody mentioning Trump's name, um, he wouldn't be able to anyway since he pretty much has a gag order on him, which he's violated, and the threat of putting him in jail is there. I mean, I think he's just, like you said before, he wants to call their bluff. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think anybody that thinks they can put a gag order on Donald Trump doesn't know Donald Trump. You know, uh, that's 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 not going to happen. I have to say, I am surprised that 
that that gag order was uh, the judge approved it what I guess Monday or Tuesday this week and Trump did not immediately appeal to the Supreme Court because that's that is clearly a First Amendment uh, violation of the first order and I I can't imagine that the Supreme Court will will allow it to stand but who knows but no Trump and, Trump will be the speaker and and what I'm thinking since you just said that. I'm thinking he's waiting to see if they're going to put him in jail for violating the gag order, so the Supreme Court can say, "Well, we're not going to have that American pre- we're, we're not going to be the, the the court that that presides over a president being jailed." What do you yeah. think? You yeah. think he's thinking yeah. that? No, I, I think it could well be. It could well be. I mean, uh, the specter of a former president, whatever you think about Donald Trump. Um, you know, the specter of putting a former president in jail for speaking his opinion about political opponents, that's that's not the America that I grew up in. No, and I don't think it's the America the conservatives uh, on the Supreme Court grew up in, you know, I mean. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised if any... What's the logistics of, of a president sitting behind bars with his Secret Service and everything else? How does that work? <laughs> That's a great question, Annie. Um, you know, do the Secret Service guys have to be in the in the cell with him, or, or <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, uh, they could go they could go the route of uh, Pueblo Escobar. You know, just have him stay at his, his place down in Florida. Yeah, house, house <laughs> arrest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That would be more likely. Either way, it's it's not. It would not be a. It's not uh, the American way. It's bad it's not the American way. Not the American way at mm-hmm. all. Be very very interesting to see what's going to happen here. And meanwhile, we had this demonstration, this peaceful First Amendment demonstration by friends of the Jews in the Capitol, and it's not an insurrection, and they're not terrorists. I, I tell you guys, um, that demonstration on Thursday um, was in the Cannon Rotunda, which it's not the Capitol. It's one of the the House office buildings. But those folks, my understanding is they are one of the one of the groups of folks who profess to be Jews, Jewish, but um, they agree with the Palestinians on the Palestinian issue. They they marched into the Capitol Rotunda, and they all sat down and started singing, and they knew they were going to be arrested, and the Capitol Hill police very systematically arrested them one by one. Um, but one can say they disrupted the proceedings of the House uh, because there were, you know, security alerts sent around. And, I mean, we've got some people who are still in jail for doing that exact same thing uh, on January 6th. Um, kind of makes you wonder. That it does. That it, that it really does. And I know, Mark, you've got to run, but it looks like I may be up in D.C. in your area um, next month. So I'm going to give you a call oh. and give you a chat. Absolutely, yeah. We can get some coffee. Well, I look forward to finally seeing you in person. 
All righty, me too. You guys take care. All right. Take care, Mark. See you later. All right. Well, Curtis, um, I'm still having problems here, and I can't figure out what it is, but I do have all of her songs um, hooked up, uh, so I'll let you lead her interview. <laughs> but <laughs> this is so in the way. Yeah. I have no idea what is what is doing this. Yeah, this is, I'm telling you, this day and age, I... I had um, bought something called a repeater for um, to boost my uh, Wi-Fi um, signals, and I mean it's supposed to be simple to um, to install, but I've had some problems, <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm scratching my head. Every report I read on this thing says it's easy and simple, and uh, I'm stuck at one little thing called a security key. I don't know if they're talking about the security key on the back of the main router or something I create or what, but the things that I did create didn't work. So, so far, I purchased this um, product and have not been able to use it. And the instructions, I mean, you have to have um, Coke bottle magnifying glasses to read the little instructions. I'll tell you, <laughs> Adam Ant or something like that. I don't know if you remember that cartoon. Well, um, it looks like also my computer is locking up, which is not fun also. So I'm going to have to get a hold of my computer repair guy and say, get me that new one over here as soon as possible. But Yeah. I I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> my whole weekend is going to be spent on fixing this. So what's the mood up there in um, South Carolina, especially Buford, like with your tea party and whatnot? What, what do they think of what's going on here um, with with Jordan, Tim Jordan, and, and, and things like that, and the things going on with Trump? Not a lot of people are talking about that because we've got an election coming up, and we've got a school bond issue on it, and we've got a mayoral race up in arms, an emergency race. Oh, man. So we've got some local issues that are pushing everything else that's on the national stage to the back burner right now. Okay. I haven't heard much from Lane Z. Graham either. Is he in hiding or what? <laughs> no, no. you got to remember, he's Senate. So. Yeah, I, I do know. But, I mean, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, he was back to his warmongering, you know. <laughs> we should take out this person. We should take out Hamas. But um, it just, like, disappeared off the scene. I mean, I know we got another carrier group um, in the Mediterranean going over there towards the Middle East. I understand one of our um, guided missile cruisers shot down three incoming missiles um, that were headed for Israel. So it seems like we are kind of getting involved. And I would not put it past that um, our... Special forces operators are are over there, ready to pounce. You know, to get um, inland to retrieve our 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 American hostages. So, you know, this could expand into a world war if um, Israel go through with its threat to uh, attack Iran. 
if certain things happen to them by Hamas, that this can get out of control. Well, that can, and uh, we've already had uh, rockets being fired on American facilities and bases in the region. Um, Before coming on air, I saw a report about seven or eight areas that had already been uh, attacked, and one contractor has died from a heart attack during the attack. Several other uh, military members have been injured. So, yes, the United States is now under attack, too. Wow. I don't think they want that. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I've heard Iran give warnings to the United States. Uh, can you believe that? They gave us warnings. But um, under this administration, I don't, who knows? We we may bow to it. But this would never happen if Trump was in there. No. Trump made Neither it clear. As a matter of fact, Hamas, Hamas is asking, is demanding the release of um, a leader in care from prison. He's been in prison for 65 years, uh, for life, basically, and wants him released in exchange for a hostage. Now, Hamas is not a country, uh, so a terror organization is demanding the release of a um, care, a Hamas affiliate, uh, from prison in exchange for one of our hostages. Oh, wow. And the reason is is that Iran negotiated, so why can't we? Well, you know, a lot of this has to do with um, the $6 billion that the Biden administration, you know, promised to send to Iran. And, and terrorists figure, well, you know, if it works for them, it could work for us. We take hostages and we, we demand a ransom. So that, that sends a, a bad signal, um, negotiating with um, hostages in that way. I mean, um, hostage takers in that way, where there's a ransom to, to you know, be meshed out. I just, I, I, I've always told people, United States, they're seen um, by the world in two different ways. One is when we have a weak leadership and one when we have a strong leadership. And I tend to believe that we get the, the best results and the, the most respect and uh, and even our enemies if they don't if they hate us they, they at least respect us when we have a strong leader in in um, the White House and as we know we, we don't. So they see this as a weakness, and I think this is going to lead to other bad things. Um, I mean, you have Russia invade the Ukraine, and I have no doubt that um, China sees this as an opportunity to um, reclaim Taiwan. Yeah, I keep on hearing people say World War Three, World War Three, and I pray that their predictions are wrong. But the more I see this administration and the bungling that they have, uh, it leads me to wonder. And I'm sure a lot of other people are unsure about that. We've got uh, inflation. We've got unrest here in the United States with these pro-Palestinian protests. Um, We've got unrest now going across the rest of the world. 
These are strange times to live in. Strange and dangerous and scary. Um, you never know when the missiles are going to start flying. When, I mean, both sides got what they call hyper um, hyper missile systems, where they go like <clears throat> maybe Mach 10, and you only have like instead of 15 minutes to prepare. I mean, you got maybe a minute or two before they're incoming, and um, I just don't know if we have the you know, technology, kind of like the Iron Dome that Israel has, to 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 counter these type of missiles, missile systems. Um, but you never know, you know. There's a lot of things that the government and the military keep secret, especially about our capabilities. I mean, they kept the. Um, stealth fighter plane um, pretty much a secret for 10 years before they even admitted that we we had had one developed so you never know yeah well your friend should be calling and she said she'd call in a few minutes early but i want to take a short break and play a little ronald reagan uh piece and it's called a soldier's pledge
All right. It looks like this isn't working too well. We're not having a lot of luck today. So I apologize if you all had dead air. Yep. Well, we have to rely on playing stuff through Blog Talk Radio. And I'm wondering if that may be the problem too, Blog Talk Radio. It's just in the last two weeks I've been having this problem. And I don't know if it's the computer or if it's Blog Talk. So it's going to be something I have to work out. But we had perfectly good sound when you and I talked before going live on air. So that makes me think think it's from Block Talk. I mean, it didn't sound like you had any reverb on your end. Um, When the show did start, I didn't really hear the first part of the uh, dedication music. But I, it did come in, like I said, the last couple of minutes. So I don't know what's going on. Mm. Very annoying and very interesting. Anyway, uh, your friends should be calling in in a few moments. If I have to talk for the next half hour hearing my own voice, I swear I'm going to I'm gonna be grabbing the biggest bottle of scotch when I get off air. And I'm going to struggle like <laughs> So would it sound like an echo chamber or just a wah-wah, you know? No, no, it's like... my own voice coming in a few seconds behind me. Okay, a <laughs> reverb. I know anyway, that feeling. Uh, yeah, it, anyway, it was, it was a great piece from Ronald Reagan. I'm sorry it didn't go through. I'm just praying now that I'm able to play these songs uh, that she had sent me. I'm just curious. Let me see if um, just if something is going to play here. Let's just try a uh, blog talk for a second. Yeah. And I'll let you know if I hear it. When an emergency strikes, what's your first impulse? If your answer is run to the grocery store, you're likely to find chaos and plenty of empty shelves. So how do you avoid this? Well, it's simple. You use today to make a plan, to prepare for things that may happen. It's a hurricane, earthquake, blizzard, or even social unrest, especially in today's political environment. The practical place to start is by storing up food in your home. And I use my Patriot Supply for my food storage. If you don't have an emergency food supply, it's time to do so. Here's a great item that makes it really simple. A two-week food kit that comes in a rugged tote. And it's only $75 when you go to my special website, preparewithsouthernsense.com, or call 888 441 This food kit includes breakfast, lunch, and dinners that will last up to 25 years on your storage shelves. So order now and prepare yourself, and then rest easy. So it's very simple. Just call 888-441-7290 or go to prepare 
with SouthernSense.com. You know what? Let's make it even more simple than that. You're listening to my show, and it's called Southern Sense, and you know you put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com, and click on the icon for My Patriot Food. Well, if you want to insist, you can still go to 888-441-7290, or go to my website, Southern Sense, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. Be prepared. All right, and we're back. You're listening to Sudden Sense live on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, iHeart I, I Music, uh, Amazon Music, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and half a dozen other places. Uh, just tune us in. Our website is going to be back up on November 6th, so you can always check out there once it's back up on November 6th. I know the teeth in backwards. Want to welcome onto the show. Uh, actress, singer, songwriter, producer, uh, girl of many, many talents, Tomei Seller. Good afternoon, Tomei. How are you today? I'm good, Annie. How are you? I am currently going a little crazy because I'm having audio problems on my end, and I keep on hearing my entire voice play back to me a couple of seconds too late. So if I oh, sound a awful. little crazy, because it's driving me nuts. Yeah, we think, think it's um, we think somebody's running interference <laughs> out of DC. <laughs> it seems to be the theme of the day. We've been having uh, since we got back late last night. Internet, um, everything. It's uh, printers. I don't know what's going on, but it's uh, it's the theme of the last twenty four hours. Wow. Yeah. Now, now you know, I've heard you sing. And I even let you know that, you know, that when it comes to that TV show, The Voice, I told you that you are The Voice, <laughs> oh, beautiful uh, voice. Thank you. And, um, I mean, really it was just amazing. I mean, your music is just, I mean, it touches people, you know. It's, it's just so divine in so many ways. Now, oh, how long, how long... How long ago did you start singing? I mean, how far back can you remember um, in your life um, becoming a singer or wanting to be a singer and actually performing before people? I remember very vividly. I was around six years old. My father had an incredible voice singing. He loved to sing. And so I grew up singing with my dad, and whether there was three people on the couch or nobody, we would put on a show every day. We would sing together, and he introduced me to the greats like uh, Shirley Bassey, Nancy Wilson, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, and he had a very powerful voice, my father, and um, he never had a vocal lesson in his life. Uh, he just sang and loved it, and he sounded like Frank Sinatra, but huge, so I... I I tribute my love for singing is first when I started singing with him on a daily basis and um, then trying to be louder than him at the age of six. So I think that really strengthened my diaphragm to give me the power I have today. <laughs> and from well, there, you know, it's you have a, awesome. Well, you have a very interesting story about your family dealing with your father. And because of that, you wrote a song. Tell us about this song you titled, Just Where I Belong. 
Oh, I, that is a very new song that I have written with a friend of mine, uh, Steve Gordon. It is a story about how my parents met, and they met in high school. Uh, they knew each other, but she was dating his best friend. And uh, in, 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 in dating, you know, going out is, is a lot more innocent than it is today. Uh, yeah, so his friend, uh, I won't mention his name because I, I, I didn't get any, like, uh, uh, okays to mention people's names. So he was going into, um, I think it was the Army, and he asked my dad if he could watch over his girl. And his girl's name was Gloria. That's my mom. And my dad said, I'll take, you know, I'll watch over and take care of her and until uh, you return. So he was gone for a very long time. I don't know how the years or what, but through that time, my dad used to um, take her to the five and dime, just like the song says. Uh, he would leave hot, like, muffins in her um, her mailbox in the morning on his way to work, and, and she would be getting up. So he did all these really sweet things, and they fell in love and uh, got married around the age of 19. And by the age of 26, they had four girls, and I was the last girl. So it, I, everybody's wow. life served a purpose, yeah. His friend went and served the country, and my dad had a, a family uh, and who he just adored. We adored him. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're going to play that, that, but I want to ask you before we play, before we play, I was going to ask you, uh, when you go and lay the tracks down, do you do it as one session, or do you lay it track by track, and who does all the instruments? This particular song, uh, Steve Gordon uh, did all the instruments, and the guitars, and recorded, he, 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 mixes and records for so many people. He does a lot for David Foster, Dave Cause, a lot of jazz groups. So he's a dear friend of mine. And every now and then we'll just do like a month or two of some writing sessions. And this was one of the three songs that came out of it. Uh, and just absolutely uh, love it. So he does, for this particular song, he was the engineer and we produced it together and he did the mixing. So, you, so if you, you did, if, uh, if, if in regards to putting what instrumentation down, we actually do this remotely. We're on the phone, and he, whether it's a, a type of a program online, we can see each other, but he has his guitar, and that's how we write. So we, we get a really great idea, and then he puts a drum beat, and we play with it for a little while. Once we know we really love it, he'll put the music down to that melody, uh, and uh, that's how it comes to life. Wow, that's very interesting. Well, this is the song, and it's titled Just Where I Belong, a dedication to your dad and mom. Here we go. Thank you.
And I actually asked if I could audition with an original song, and that's the song I auditioned with. And I ended up making the top five in Miami, and they allowed me to use that song in a competition, and I won uh, the Born to Diva for Miami. And the top five girls, one from Miami, Atlanta, London, New York, and I can't remember the other place, uh, we flew out to New York. <clears throat> we competed there, and the top three went to Vegas. I was in the top three. Uh, and so that, but in Vegas, I actually sang a Diane Warren song called That I Know. So that's on my my YouTube page, uh, the uh, kind of summary and synopsis of going through. And so you'll hear part of this song on that video because that's what I won with. But I was the only girl uh, out of 10,000 girls that they actually allowed to sing an original. I know a couple of the other girls presented and asked if they could too. Um, but for whatever reason, I was the only one. So I was really proud, and I, I, I wish that we had would have released that song, and I actually just did. I don't know why. I've been waiting for everybody else to to put my music out, and I just started to do it in the last year or two, just say, you know, might as well upload my music. It's a different different era, you know, with everything streaming. You don't have to wait for a record company. So this one will be um, finally start to air on October the 28th or the 25th. He's the 25th. So we're actually debuting it live then. Yes, you are. First time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope this is the first step to make you a number one hit. And this is titled Other Side of Love with Tomei Sellers and Cliff Down. Yes, he was one of the other writers and producers. Thank you.
Now, I'm going to ask you, Janae, do you have a, a certain style that you prefer? Uh, because you go from a soft ballad into more of a dance song. Um, is there is that one particular style that would be you, or you just have fun going all over the place? I think that's the problem with my <laughs> with trying to uh, put me in a specific genre. Um, I do. I, I'm, I'm known as um, as like a power vocalist with angelic range. So I love singing. I, I'm, I'm more of a soloist. So where you have like Celine Dion or Mariah Carey, and they, you know, you can hit all the small tones, but then you've got this power. Um, that particular song, I would say, lends itself more to a rock feel. Um, my favorite music is um, just something that that's very deep or worship. Um, Christian music it's, it's my heart I actually rewrote the lyrics to the other side of love um, to reflect uh, a different view like maybe God's view but uh, I we recorded it but I don't even have a copy of that I don't, I don't know um, if uh, Cliff still has a copy of that but it was kind of more of a, a secondary uh, take and uh, we changed the lyrics up a little bit as well but I uh, I have a lot of music on YouTube and Spotify, um, but I would say I'm more pop adult contemporary if if I would have to pick a genre. So pop adult contemporary, but I know some of my uh, music, Stevie tends to write a little bit more on the countryside, so I think that's why Just Where I Belong has that country flair to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do, I love all types of music, but I, I try to focus uh, now more on um, an adult contemporary pop kind of feel, but hopefully coming from my heart, too. Well, you mentioned Christian uh, uh, music also, and one of the songs you sent me called I Am Wondering, um, mm-hmm. I had yes. uh, Lady Redneck on uh, last week, and... I'm reading the lyrics as I'm listening to it, and I'm feeling the same thing I felt with her music, where she brings you in with the question, where where are we going to be going? Where do we end up? And do the same thing with this. You start off with the question, and then you come to the end with the answer, and in a glorious way. Thank you. I think out of every song I've ever written, this is one of my favorites because of the message. And it's very... Um, not what you would expect, uh, but I believe that whether you're Christian or non-Christian or everybody's searching for the same thing, whether they know it or not, and it's it's Christ Jesus. Um, and so they ha- everybody has these questions. How do I know this is real? How do how do you know you have the truth? And um, and once you find it, you know it, and it and there's never a doubt. Once you know the truth, you just you just you know it. And that's when the Lord really opens your eyes and ears to his absolute truth. And your life changes forever. And it's a glorious thing. Your life actually becomes more exciting. I think people think that when you're Christian and you you, um, you walk a different road that you than you did before in the past, that it would be a boring life. But it's absolutely miraculous. Because now you're walking in the supernatural. I mean, not, not 24-7 but you're seeing things through the the spirit of God, and it's it's very um, uh, life changing, and 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 for good reasons. There can be a lot of changes in life, and not really good. But when you when you really find the truth, 
in scripture and what God has given us. It changes your entire life for the better. All right. Well, I um, want to play this, but Curtis, real quick, on the, uh, you have a question, right? C.S., is that what you're saying? He had a question? Yes. C.S., did we lose him? Maybe. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) We've been having one of those days. If anything can go wrong, it does go wrong. (laughs) That's okay. It happens. The song, I I am one. I am one. Yes. Okay. Thank you.
Wow, it's a beautiful, beautiful song to me. Um, people can find you um, just by typing in your name, Tomei, T-O-M-E-Y, and your last name, Sellers, S-E-L-L-A-R-S, dot com, and then go to your website, listen to your beautiful music, get to see more about you, and maybe see where you're playing, performing. Yeah, so my, my performance dates are on there. I don't have any audio on the website as yet, but my YouTube page has music videos uh, on, on the I, I Am Wondering, and I'm um, getting ready to do one on since the newest song, which is Just Where I Belong. I'm getting ready to, to uh, dive into that music video, but I have quite a few in Spotify and iTunes, all, all the music platforms. But uh, my website definitely has pictures of recent shows um, and also upcoming dates. Now, Curtis did want me, CF, as you know him, wanted me to ask you about your performance with King and Queen of Georgia, because you've joined an elite group like the Beatles that have played for royalty. But we've got one minute. <laughs> so okay. quickly. That's okay. It was, it was in Jordan, and we were invited with Raul de Blasio. He's a concert pianist. I tour with him, and we were invited to uh, perform for um, King and Queen of Jordan, and that was Queen Rania, and that was amazing. And then I also performed for the Princess of Jordan uh, with the um, Miami Symphony, and I think that was the following year, and that was uh, Zaha Hadid, a big tribute to her down in Miami. Well, we're going to have to uh, get you to come back on the show because I wanted to talk to you about John Whitehead's song that you did. And I wanted to how you yeah. were able to trans- transform his song, which is an R&B song, into your style. So we have to w- have you come back on so we can play that song, Stand Tall, and people can learn more about you. How's that sound? That sounds wonderful. I so appreciate you inviting me and CS inviting me. And I really, really enjoyed this time. I look forward to another time in the future for sure. We'll get you back. All right. Well, <laughs> Thank we will you. definitely have Thank you, you back. Thank you for playing someday. my song. God bless you for the hard work you do. Thank you. God bless you both. Enjoy the rest of your night, and thank you again. All right. Safe You're travels. Welcome. Thanks so much. All right. Bye bye. All right. Check out her website, Tomei T O M E Y Sellers S E L L A R S dot com, and we will be back next week uh, with CC. Carter returning, and someone from Heritage also. So I apologize for difficulties, but that's what we got for today, folks. And Josh Perry, <laughs> my co-host, guest co-host. <laughs> okay. Good night and God bless. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.